this minimizing the spirit or the spiritual systems into, oh, you just go on the internet and you can read about it and you will know. It's really, really problematic. And that distortion is actually on purpose. Some part of that was obviously part of the prophecy that there will be a mass awakening. And then another part of that experience was the distortions where humanity was overloaded with too much information to study the spiritual energies, to know how to work with them, to tap into them. It's actually spiritual science. Healers are really scientists of the spirit. It's not a concept. You're a living vessel of the experience and the stories that you have, the stories you create, the stories you make with your clients. So welcome to Lineage Liberators podcast. Welcome, welcome. My name is Jo Mkabi and I'm here with Web, the one born without the veil. Lineage Liberators born with full vision to see our multidimensional reality. Lineage Liberators podcast you are on a unique mission of inner traveling lineage liberators purify and pave the path for those who have fallen lineage liberators podcast spiritualizing evolving and liberating human dna consciousness and lineages hello hello everyone welcome back to lineage liberators podcast this is Joy Mohemi, and I'm here with Wef Xavier. Definitely want to start today's podcast with an update. Uh, so a couple of things that are happening with what I missed just call one, we are in enrollment season. So when we're doing enrollment season, essentially we are inviting anyone who is interested in the different offers that we have and currently we have four different offers that are available and all of our courses are centered on healing the self doing the deeper inner work as well as lineage liberation work which is essentially healing our ancestral lineages healing what we have inherited so that we can step into um, a new path for our lineages and a lot of our offers are for emerging healers, those who are healers as well as seasoned healers, um, really. Right? So we have our membership, which is a great place for anyone who's interested in healing themselves. Um, and we've got the Oracle Initiation for those who are wanting to cultivate and develop their prophetic gifts and start working as an oracle which is um, a really great path for those who have prophetic gifts and then we also have motherland medicine which is for those who are called by the land the girl keepers our last episode which was on asian guardians is really connected to motherland medicine because it is the same guardians who are bringing this medicine of how to heal our motherland our ancestral land and our ancestral lineages that are part of those lands, right? And the last course we have is lineage liberation. <laughs> lineage liberation is one of the most important thing we're doing here in Waramis to School, which is about doing ancestral healing. And this particular workshop is for those who are interested in learning, how do we do it? So while the membership is where you get to do it and you don't need to know how it's been done, the Lineage Liberation Workshop is where you learn how it's done. So this is primarily for healers or for those who are interested in being healers and they want to learn how to do lineage healing using the modality that we are working with in Waramistry School. Yeah, so those are... The courses that are open, we are open until September 18th. As you said, there are numerous courses available for emerging healers as well as seasoned healers. Emerging meaning people who have the impulse to want to facilitate space for others and want to understand the protocol, procedures, and even deepening their own healing, right? So we know that in order to be a healer, to help others, you have to help yourself. So the idea of the emerging healers is to go through with a fine-tuned comb, to really filter through your deeper depths of your inner emotional, subtle body, mental body, psychological body self, to find the deeper aspects. And when you do that, you really begin to 
find your true spiritual gifts. We have many uh, assumptions based on us being part of a spiritual community or the quote unquote awoke community on what we're gifted with based on what we hear someone else speak of, something that fascinates our inner children, our inner human self. Oh yeah, I wanna be an oracle, I wanna be a priest. When you go deeper with a, a lot of the resources we offer with the for emerging healers, you'll realize you have spiritual gifts that you number one may have never realized that you had. And number two, you'll realize these assumptions are these false projections that you have from other people that you perceive as your mentors, thinking that you have certain gifts because you subconsciously or energetically want to be like them uh, versus really digging deeper and finding some of them may be connected to emotional wounds that you haven't uncovered, may be connected to uh, childhood trauma. And once you begin to heal those, you find a greater epiphany, a, a greater clarity of your true spiritual gifts. And it makes it more um, comparable to navigate how you can create a modality of healing, how you can create a business of healing, how you can create a, a, uh, a map that will accelerate you to really where you want to be in terms of the level of serenity, the level of being in your zone as a healer, of knowing your gifts and knowing how to use them, how to facilitate space for other people and being very confident in that ability. This conversation of developing gifts is like a prelude to what we want to jump into today. And before we jump into that, um, on top of the paid courses and offerings that we have in our Mistress Call, we have a free live event or live program that we'll be doing in September. And I'm really excited about this one because it's really, really important, right? So this live event is called Healers of the Earth. And it's really a calling, a, a, a trumpet to call healers of the earth who are here uh, to come into council about this calling of being a healer. This three-day free live events is really for bringing what I call Asian future codes. And these Asian future codes are around our earth mission, the mission that we're here to do on the earth. There are also cosmic missions that some of us have as well that are coming from the greater cosmos, right? So this council meeting will be about exploring these and as we are exploring this, we are also going to be creating or imagining, reimagining a protocol that is going to guide, inform, and govern and protect our work as healers. And this is vital because I work with the different types of healers and I've been working with healers for a couple of years now. And there's just been this heartbreak that has been happening within the spiritual community. This heartbreak is happening with those people who are interacting with healers, um, and as well as the heartbreak that healers are experiencing. And I'm interested in that conversation. We need to have that conversation about what is the source of this heartbreak that is happening within the healing arts and within our interaction with healing spaces. Right. So on the other side, we've got people who are interacting with people who are claiming to be healers, but they are actually really not true healers and they're creating a lot of harm uh, for the community, which is kind of like uh, perpetuating this ideology that healing is a myth, it's a scam, it's not a real thing. And healers are all scams and they're just all um, woo-woo crazy, not grounded. Um, which is a huge damage for the actual healers that are here, that are the healers of the earth that are called to uh, to shift and to bring liberation right to the world. And so right now, on the other side, there are these true healers who are open, opening their healing spaces, but because of the way that the healing arts has been diminished and completely fragmented in our world people enter healing spaces with lack of of honor and and gratitude and even understanding of what it takes to be a healer right and so we end up having healers who are also heartbroken because they are not being fairly compensated 
in, for the work that they are doing. There's no gratitude. And it's just a bit of like the siphoning machinery where people just come to take and take from healers. And it leads to many healers eventually leaving the healing arts and leaving path. And then we end up in the crisis that we are in, which is what we're diving into today, right? The crisis of um, people who are spiritually gifted, who are here called to be the healers, but they are not stepping into that mission because they don't know where to begin. And this is really connected to the disintegration of the temples, the Asian temples, which were the spaces where the healing arts were cultivated and the healing arts were revered and taken as very high level spiritual science that you know, those who entered those temples will go there for long periods of times. It's said that in Egypt, it was actually 40 years that you go into the temples to learn to be a healer because the, the this role of one who is able to, to be a vessel and to be a guardian and to be an intercessor between our world and the other world, that is like a big deal. And that is what healers are really and um yeah so this is the conversation and so the healers of the earth free live event you can check out the details in our description below this video and uh you can come join us for the free live event it's going to be really really powerful the conversations that we're going to have it's going to be for three days and we're starting september 5th and in september 7th 7 p.m central african time to add to what you were just saying I know in the spiritual communities, especially in this generation now, in this era now, there's this modality or this gnosis of you can heal yourself, you can watch all the YouTube videos, you can learn, you can navigate your own spiritual journey, you can figure things out, right? So when you're speaking of the space for healers and the importance of healers of these individuals that are setting space aside for other people and are devoted to the art of healing and treating it as a sacred divine science, treating it as a sacred uh, mission to assist other people. I notice in many communities and even with people that may have healing gifts, that there's this hesitance from this kind of gnosis of, you know, I can heal myself if I watch enough master classes and I'll do the work and I'll read the books and I'll study the science and I'll put everything together and I can get the same results of, uh, of anybody else. And then they're the opposite side of people who go to initiation school, people who have mentors and they go through the whole course and they resonate with certain things and they pick and choose. And then after the course is said and done, there's this level of, okay, I did the thing, but they may not completely connect to the idea that, okay, now it's time for me to begin exploring the depths of my healing abilities and practicing as a healer or seeing what the next next stage is, right? So it's a challenging balance. There's a level of self-sovereignty that has to happen in your spiritual journey where you have to hold yourself accountable. You have to hold yourself um, responsible for really mending the, the wounded pieces of yourself, the emotional pieces of yourself that need to be repaired, that need to be healed. But there's also this idea of receiving support from, and to a degree, an elder, someone who's been doing it for a long time, someone who has a particular specialty, who has particular gifts that will elevate and excel your process of healing based on the wisdom that they have to offer. And most people equate this to going to a YouTube channel just like this and listening and thinking because they're listening to a podcast or because they're listening to a person push out videos every week that they're going through the process of healing just by tuning in, not realizing that case in point for us, we're here on this podcast and we're discussing things that may be very helpful for people. But we both know the actual intricacies of being in a container, being in a membership uh, and going through those processes and getting the full spectrum of what we offer the general public isn't getting that. So this idea that I can heal myself, but then there's this other side of the true depths of healing hasn't been completely explored. 
Um, even so, because most people stay stuck in their little bubble. When people spiritually awaken, they have a tendency to pull away from society and they become kind of in this little spiritual bubble of evolution. And because of that, there's good things to that, but there's also this idea that you don't have someone else checking you. When you're in your own bubble, you get stuck in your own bubble. You can't always see your own devices that are causing you to not evolve, not heal, not excel. The certain tendencies you have to be isolated can hinder your growth in the greater span of things. And yes, there's some truth in isolating yourself to really process. That's also true. Just because you're able to read books, get on YouTube and study and, and go through different processes like that is very helpful in a spiritual evolution. But it's also helpful to have someone on the other side showing you different things that you may not be able to see. And more particularly, someone who can help you really track what your spiritual gifts are. Some people are called to spirituality and they say, "Just I just want to heal myself. I just want to heal my ancestors. And that's how it starts, right? But the greater truth is that divine impulse that makes someone say, I want to heal myself. I want to be conscious. I want to be awoke. I want to be more concerned about my life, more concerned about my lineage, more concerned about my family and how this is affecting me in the greater scheme of things. That divine impulse is really the divine impulse for many people that will eventually become a healer. Along that process, like I said, when we're bombarded with you can heal yourself, just listen to the YouTube video, there's this disconnect that begins to happen. The lack of practicing healers and the diversity of practicing healers that people don't see. You call a sangoma, a shaman, an oracle, a priest, or a reverend. That's like the standard quote. But the spiritual gifts that people have are so much more vast and complex than that. And if you don't fit into what someone else is perceiving as, okay, that's an oracle, that's a shaman, okay, I'm just going to go to shaman school and people go to the initiation school and they're kind of left with like, what now? Many people that they go to school, they learn these spiritual gnosis, but they're stuck where they go back to their nine to five job. They might do the healing on the side on the weekend, but there isn't a continuity. You have to be living your testimony. The only way you can become a master healer, a phenomenal healer, the only way you can improve your skills is by you doing it every day and it become part of your lifestyle. I believe a lot of people don't let it become part of their lifestyle because one, they don't believe it can actually manifest and be part of the reality. They doubt the possibility of them being appropriately compensated in finances and resources to be able to do this and stick it through to where it is abundantly coming back to them. So this impulse and this idea is what came to my mind when you were speaking of the course and the class. And uh, I'm sure you're going to touch on some of those things in that free masterclass and that three-day event. But curious to see your thoughts on what I have to say about all that. Yeah, this is a conversation that I've, I've been speaking about for years, that you can heal yourself and what the distortions are that are running in this spiritual community. So maybe let's define what we mean when we say you can heal yourself. One, really the person who is healing themselves is you, just like you are the person who's receiving this information. You are the person who is thinking the thoughts that you are thinking. You are the person who feels what the Holy Spirit is like. Someone can tell you what it is, but only you know you, you, your experience is yours alone right? And so even a healer, a shaman, an oracle, a priest, priestess, whatever, or whatever that title is, when they're taking you through that process of healing, facilitating that healing process, at the end of the day, it's your own energy, your own spiritual, bio-spiritual systems that are creating the process of healing. You are the one who is regenerating your DNA, you are regenerating your psychological and your spiritual bodies, right? But the process being facilitated by someone outside you, right? Same as um, the, the doctor can do surgery on you, but there is levels where it's literally your own body that has to do the healing. 
the surgeon is facilitating a process that you can do by yourself, right? And that surgeon typically had to go to school for 12 years to come and be able to do a heart surgery, right? And to learn the deeper intricacy, we just look at the body and we think it's just a simple system, but the surgeon knows what is really going on here, right? Like, it's like so much more complex than we know as those who are not doctors, right? And the same is true also with the spiritual healing arts, right? That there is this deeper layers, complex systems that are existing that a shaman, a sangoma, a heal, an oracle, they have to learn for years for them to understand, okay, how do I bring back health, well-being, the imprint of health to this person? Right, And they will be working with maybe energy medicine or physical medicine, which will be like working with herbs. But most of the time when we are talking about healers in this context, we're talking about those who are working with the spiritual systems or the spiritual energies, right? Um, even the shamans are working with spiritual energies to study the spiritual energies, to know how to work with them, to tap into them. It's actually spiritual science. And so healers are really scientists of the spirit. They learn how, what is the spirit. And so they, this minimizing the spirit or the spiritual systems into, oh, you just go on the internet and you can read about it and you will know. It's really, really problematic. And that distortion is actually on purpose. Right. So let's go a bit bigger to the ancient mysteries. I am a person who loves studying the ancient mysteries because they have so much to teach us. In the ancient mysteries, the healers were, as I mentioned before, uh, often will be taken into the temples. Right? So I'm talking about those temples in Egypt, temples in Lemuria, in Atlantis. And they will go and learn the sacred arts and sacred sciences of healing for years and they will have mentorship, right? And after that, they will the community usually will come to them and they will help them in the healing. In the cycle of Earth, there's been many iterations of the medicine people or medicine or the healers that has taken place in our world. But when it comes to the system or the metrics, the healers have been a source of frustration for the metric system because it is the healers who have access to the deeper nuances of what's going on in our world. And so because of that, there has been an intentional desecration of the temple and desecration of the healing arts by forces that require humanity to be in dis-ease, in degeneration, in entropy, death, right? So this is something we need to recognize that like the lack of accessing, where do I go for initiation? It's a historic question. It is connected to history because the temples were taken apart and they were replaced by churches. And there is where churches are a source of healing, but not enough, not for the, the multidimensional beings that we are and not at this particular point where cosmic energies are coming through and we're experiencing cosmic spirituality, the, the re-emergence of it. And so the church is not really helping in holding the space for many people in terms of healing because what the church has been doing since Egypt is to explain and tell humanity what to believe in and then you're just supposed to believe in that. And all you have to do is declare that you, you are giving your life to Christ and then you are healed. And while there's a spiritual aspect of what they're talking about, which is the logo, which is by speaking out loud, you are entering a covenant with the Christ impulse by saying, I'm giving my life. The process of regenerating the trauma that has happened on the blood and the psycho-spiritual aspect of humanity isn't just going to be healed by covenants. Right entering covenants or even just by um, purification via baptism as the church tends to do. Why? Because the, the crisis we have right now of degeneration, the desecration of our spiritual bodies is so vast that it needs surgeons, spiritual surgeons, which is what healers are, right? We are literally kind of like having 
viruses in the main parts of the body. It's like we have heart issues, the lung issues, kidney issues, all of us. And we just can't just say, I am healed. And then we are healed. We know we have to change the food we are eating. We have to add movement. We have to sometimes take herbs to regenerate. We have to have a holistic approach to the healing. And so the church has just given us one way of healing. And that one way isn't correlating to what is actually happening in terms of the disease. But so um, this conversation started there. It goes beyond this timeline. It goes beyond why aren't people stepping in? We're not stepping in because our missions were deliberately confused and distorted. Our spiritual gifts were, like, I mean, the moment they took away the temples where you can go and study and learn, we're just all here by ourselves and we had to figure it out. And this impulse to go on YouTube and listen to YouTube is us trying to fix this issue. Subconsciously, we know something is off, right? So we come and try to listen and try to create our little maps of healing because there are no temples to go to. And when you try to bring this to the church, the church is not interested in conversations of healing because they just say Jesus is enough. While you were speaking on all of that, what came to my mind is for those individuals, I want to I wanna heal myself, but I don't want to be a healer. Like that's just too much for me. I'm not interested in that. And a lot of people kind of tune out the moment you talk about being a practicing healer and the healing arts. For a lot of people that say that, they don't realize that they actually do have an inner healer that wants to be active. As you said, the, the art of healing is a spiritual science. It's like being a spiritual surgeon. So there's so many different categories. There's so many different things that a person can spend their life studying and understanding to read a, reach a certain level of proficiency, a certain level of mastery. So this idea that People go into healing just wanting to heal themselves. As you said, it's, you're healing your own DNA. You're facilitating this process. People subconsciously know something is wrong. So the idea of the impulse to go to YouTube to get this information, I believe that's still a great thing. I just think at, we're approaching that era to where it has to shift from before just people sticking in a church system in a very limited religious system and knowing that there's something more, there's something greater to be uncovered. YouTube was kind of like the the opening gate of this this spiritual gnosis, the spiritual information, people bringing all this up. This information era was a great phase, but now it almost has turned into what you would call a distortion because when you're bombarded with so much information and you're not sure how to pick or choose which information is accurate, which information is complete. So someone can listen to a masterclass or a free course and take what the individual is saying is absolute truth versus relative truth and still seeking to find the other pieces of the puzzle that piece it all together. So this idea that we are bombarded with so much information, people use this information, make it divine law in their reality and don't process the other pieces that maybe that person didn't uncover, maybe that person didn't have time to speak on. So then there's this, this kind of almost laissez-faire energy towards spiritual healing like hey yeah I want to heal myself but the moment someone talks about actually healing other people like you said there's this oh you're trying to con me out of my money you're trying to get over on me and I, I'm, I don't want to play part of like the the vindictive mindset how people look at healers that just I just want to heal myself you heal yourself more by completely surrendering to the process this is true when you're healing yourself in the very beginning and it's still true when you reach that bridge or that point where you accept the idea that you can facilitate and save space for others. Your healing may be in more of a form of a counselor, like a priest or a reverend to where you're really good with relationships. That's still a modality of healing, of, of mastery, right? And this huge hesitation of people looking at spiritual wisdom as important and spiritual evolution as important. But the moment you actually, to a degree, have to put the big panties, the big draws on and accept this as your reality, there's this kind of lots of faith. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to keep working my job and I'm just going to use the money to invest in my spiritual evolution. And that's it. Right. And I find that people kind of plateau there. They just stay in this spot 
And they live under this illusion that the more they sign up for these different courses, different master classes, listening to these different people, maybe even going to initiation school. And then when initiation school is done, they're still like, what do I do now? Right. So what you're speaking of is the next level and is the oncoming evolution of where we need to go of how do we bring back these ancient science, these ancient mastery of spiritual healing. It has to become a reality here again to where people see the importance of having someone uh, study years and years in a particular spiritual modality of healing and understanding that and having reverence for that and maybe not necessarily doing exactly what that person does. But a piece of what they do can activate your gifts, can activate your codes to help you get a better clarity and understanding once they reach that that bridge point. Spirituality is sacred, but I mean, it's too much for me to try to process to tr completely shift my life, having the confidence in charging a particular fee to someone and knowing that your skills are competent enough. The idea of holding yourself accountable for the skills that you've learned in all these courses you've taken now you have to apply those skills in some way, shape, or form to create a product or a service that people will sign up, pay for, interact with, and say, thank you for the service. That's very triggering to what we call in Warrior Mystery School, their inner children, right? It's very triggering to have that type of pressure, that type of responsibility. But the irony is that type of responsibility anchors in the true impulse of a healer, of taking your work seriously having divine reverence, having divine intention, being devoted to the process, being devoted to the skill, the process of what it takes. Our generation and era, with all the information, there's this obsession with hypotheticals of where we just spend hours and hours thinking, analyzing, processing, listening to different masterclasses, writing down notes, taking notes, reviewing notes, but we never actually do the thing. We never have the experience. Or we have the experience, but no one explains the experience to us. In some indigenous cultures, they just have you do stuff and there's no explanation and you see the thing happen, but you're just like, I don't know how it works, but it does the thing, which is on the other side where you're having the experience, but there's no continuity of understanding how it works, why it works, and how you can expand that for your own spiritual gnosis, for your own spiritual healing modality. So to me, what you're saying is very important. And it's also, honestly, I know there will be a lot of resistance to what you're saying. The comfortable spot that the spiritual community has been in is even when you look at most of the spiritual community, there's not an abundance of people advertising themselves as a healer um, and, and really embracing that. It's just like you might know someone as a healer from word of mouth and know that you can book a session, but there's not this huge focus. They're kind of in like secluded corners and secluded groups. And with due reason of keeping spiritual science sacred and not for everyone to see. But on the other side of it, when people think of spiritual awakening and consciousness, they think of a YouTube channel, they think of a master class, and then when they're done, oh, my spiritual journey, I'm awoke. And it's never that simple. It's spiritual evolution is that continuous process of uncovering and unraveling. And just imagine for someone who started out being quote unquote awoke and learning about their self, learning about their emotions. And then 10 years down the road, they begin to do the, the awakening of tapping into their spiritual gifts and facilitating a healing space for others. You can only imagine how much that person has evolved spiritually by not only having to work on themselves, but now having to facilitate and consider how another person's emotional body will be triggered, another person's emotions will come up in a healing session, all these protocols and procedures become more important when you're dealing with someone else's psyche, someone else's emotional self, someone else's spiritual soul being, and that's a lot of responsibility. The other side is the depths of spiritual cultivation that is happening. This is this the real divine science that was in Egyptian times, the pyramids and all the stuff that people perceive as we were guys or we were we ran this or whatnot, that was because there were numerous individuals devoted to healing. There, it was not a concept. It was not a theory. It was not something that was cool to do as a hobby. They spent their lives dedicated to understanding the depths of spiritual healing, the different branches that open up into that. I see that bridge approaching again and I think it's very important that we as a community begin to accept and embrace that, 
even if it's slowly but surely versus being hesitant and rejecting anybody who says they're a healer. In the 90s, there was this lady called Miss Cleo who was on TV, call her to get your fortune read. And to me, that imprinted me as a child. Like, I never want to be a psychic because she was a scam. She used people for their, to get their money. So there's this huge, I guess, collective conscious wound towards healers. Anybody who speaks of, I'm a prophet, I can prophesy over you. Most of this is seen in church when the pastor puts his hand and gives a prophecy. Some people either accept that. Some people are hesitant to even go to a church that does that. But that's another distortion. Is it true that some people have the gift of prophecy or vision and can see things that others cannot? Absolutely. But tell that to that person when they're trying to step up against a community of people that have been traumatized and affected by this fragmented imprint of what uh, prophets look like. Yo, I've got so much to say. <laughs> so yes, definitely there is in with, with our oracle terms, we call these overlays, right? So epigenetic overlays. So these overlays, they're like a seal that covers the true divine template, right? So there's this divine template of the healer uh, that many people hold. And then that template is like it's sealed in, in this seal, this overlay. And because of that, the template is not able to activate because there is a seal. And the seal can be, a, it's like a spell and it can be a, a belief system. It can be a thought form. It can be a shadow body that has been created. And the seal that we're, we're, we're talking about, the overlays we're talking about, there are many different iterations of how it was created. It, I mean, in this timeline, it started from Egypt and we can track it uh, during the, the pharaohs and uh, the mess that was created by the high priests and priestesses of that time. And then how that continued to create the witch hunts that we saw four or 500 years ago, which was also here in Africa, it also played out in the last hundred years during the colonization, colonizing Africa through Christianity, right? Bringing Christianity here, right? That was a, an overlay of the same thing of bringing this fear to the idea of the healer. And the idea was to paint the healer as a witch, as someone who is practicing dark magic, as someone who is working with dark spirits and guarantee that there there is a truth to that that there are some people who are witches which is they work with dark magic and they are working with anti-life energies and anti-life spirits but that is a thing but it's like taking that and just painting it to refer to everyone just like how as a black man you know um in america you just type casted as like Oh, dangerous, you must run away, we must always check them. The same thing happened to healers as well, right? And so in the same way that, you know, always tell me just like what it's like to be a black man in America, to walk in the streets and you see the cops, just the level of fear that you just automatically have. That's the same kind of fear, but we must understand these to be spells. They are transferred from generation to generations at as thought forms and these thought forms they actually become real living energies that are called egregores entities that become part of our fields such that every time there is an opportunity to step into um the healing path these egregores they pull us back into state of fear and a state of stuckness and that's how epigenetic overlays work and this applies to pretty much everything we have epigenetic overlays with our money with our relationship we also have them with our missions right and so these epigenetic overlays um are essentially this this old statement many are called few will answer right why why will the few answer right and what determines who gets to answer and that has a lot to do with 
one's ability to alchemize the overlays that they have inherited. If we don't recognize that your fear to jump, not to jump, to answer your calling, whatever that may be, to work with your spiritual gift is connected to your in its inherited overlays. You inherited the fear. You inherited this fear of being persecuted for being a healer because there have been many cycles of persecution being done. And it, it's not as if these persecution were all done in all the lands of our world. It's enough. One land can experience the persecution of witches and that entire fear can travel across the earth. And a healer who has never ever been persecuted in that land begins to walk in the streets afraid, right? So we must recognize that this is part of inheritance, ancestral inheritance, the fear of our spiritual gifts, right? I want to shift to, to now. Why is this a phenomenon? Like it's been a frustration for us seeing this, right? Why is this even becoming more prominent in conversations, in interactions with fellow healers, emerging healers, where there is a hesitation? Well, um, because the cosmos are great and they can be studied and the cosmos are also co-creating with us cosmic energies, the Christ energies, the Christ impulse. Um, we know of the prophecy, we know many prophecies, but we know the prophecy, the Mayan prophecy, which was expected to happen in 2012, right? Which was essentially a new age, the golden age. The Mayan prophecy happened in 2012 except the true actual time of 2012 is the Ethiopian calendar, which according to Ethiopia, 2012 was really 2020, right? And in 2020, we experience um, what is called starfire, where the earth shifted uh, from the, uh, the fields she was in to enter other fields. It's like she moved homes she was in the radonic levels at one point and then she shifted to go into a new fancy suburbs she's called Utha and when that happened many of us were being invited to leap and to, in that leap it's you leap by accepting who you are accepting your gifts right and doing the work of integrating and embodying that gift Right. And so it was because this prophecy was giving humanity an opportunity for many of us to awaken and to leap into this new path, this new suburb of earth. Um, Anti-life forces obviously were not interested in many healers awakening and many healers stepping into their missions. So they created distortions. If you remember to the talk, not only was it a time of like I mean, unrest in many different ways, but it was also the time where many people woke up, a huge number of people, because they were spending time at home because they had access to go on YouTube and listen to the healers. Some part of that was obviously part of the prophecy that there would be a mass awakening. And then another part of that experience was the distortions where humanity was overloaded with too much information. And with that too much information um, with as well as this uh, false magical thinking of like making people believe that, oh, I am healing, I've been healing, or I've read about narcissism patterns, I've recognized them, I'm cutting and canceling out people, I'm healing, right? And that was the definition of healing. And that was also on purpose to bring distortions and create another form of overlay for healers where now they don't recognize the work that needs to be done. And so right now, many people, when they think of what healing is, you know, it's it's often about the, um, the performative acts. If I experience like where the person was touching me and I felt, ooh, I healed, or there were, they threw me into the river. And then when they did, I saw a white light, you know, and a bird flying above, oh, I'm healed, right? So now it becomes about the material earth 
And when Starfire happened in 2020, that is, we shifted from healing being just about the material into a different way of existing, which is a more etheric way of healing, right? But what, what really happened in 2012 was to shift people to look there instead of looking within, actually, to look outside but instead of going within. And that is another way of creating overlays for, for healers to not recognize that there's one, a need for people, for more healers to wake up, for, for many to answer those who have been called. And that's also a thing to talk about that the truth is not everyone is called and there is reasons why it's not everyone, but the many, many are called, but many are not answering. And the reason for that is how much you are recognizing when you are being pulled into a false light overlay where you believe you are healing, but you are not actually healing. How much you are attached to this world the world of the material of the performative instead of looking within and understanding the metaphysical the mystic the the, the etheric the spiritual the cosmic right and it's not to abandon the physical it's actually always a balance with all the time all the time and how much do you recognize that a lot of what you call well oh, i'm stuck here or i don't know is actually inherited thought forms, belief systems, egregores, spiritual entities that are making you believe that you are powerless, that you can't step in, that it is too much, it is overwhelming. And um, the biggest overlay for most healers is what will people say? What will they say? What will they think? if I step into my mission, right? Uh, that is one of the biggest overlays. So yeah, uh, this is essentially what is underneath the crisis we are seeing with why people are not stepping into the healing. And the unfortunate truth is this, it's that um, not everyone will leap, you know, and not everyone will answer. But if you are listening to this, this is an opportunity. You are being clearly invited by your inner self to leap, to listen, to do something different, to change the pace. And it's really transcending the lower mind. In the last episode, I was talking about the, the anchoring of the cosmic mind, a new mind that is being anchored here. That mind, I've been thinking about it, is the mystic mind. And the mystic mind is... Kind of like what you I, I do here in this podcast where I am, it sounds like I'm all over, but it's just my mind is mystic. I am able to see different multidimensional realms at the same time of a situation because that's actually how creation works, right? Yes, there is absolute truth, but the absolute truth is often in our realm perceived in different dynamic, like we can't the simplified way, you know, of desiring things to be like this is like the death of us. We must learn to expand and become multidimensional and mystic and see the greater story and the greater truth of what we are and our potential. Definitely the multidimensional perspective is important to really synthesize and align in this um simulation and this experience that we call life so with everything you said in terms of the different overlays the different things that people have and the different ways that distortions have been created what's been interesting to me is the question of this huge impulse for people to seek spiritual wisdom to find the information to really be adamant about seeking wisdom, the question that's posed is, and then what, right? So once you get the information, once you get the spiritual wisdom, once you figure out how this world is and what you were taught it, taught it was or how people have told you what life is about, once you come out of a limited views of a religious system or even the limited view of ancestral systems, as you said, like 
the idea that healing is just this holistic and then there are like darker forces and witchcraft, all of that is synthesized in all these different religious systems. Christian view perspective, ancestral initiation school, there are distortions in all of these, right? So to number one, try to iron them all out and find the absolute organic truth and the original code is a process within itself. But once you begin to be conscious and begin to perceive these distortions because you have an absolute, like you said, that absolute gnosis that's based on the multidimensional perspective to where you're able to kind of collect the general consensus of divine truth. Once you have all these jewels in your hand, but they're not physical jewels, and then what, right? Most people kind of plateau there because they see this huge impulse of wanting to seek that, that truth and having this thirst for wisdom and for knowledge. But the question is, what do you do with it? And most people stop there and they don't realize they've spent all this time seeking the amount of investment, the amount of time they've taken. For anyone that's listening to this podcast, for anyone that is adamant about spiritual science, and you think that you're not a healer, you think that you are not called for this, I encourage everyone to really review and look at the amount of time you've devoted to studying spiritual science, the amount of time you spent reading books, the amount of time you choose to listen to a master class versus watching regular TV or a TV show, all of that is showing signs that there's this divine impulse in you that is on this path, but your conscious self and your, your human 3D self hasn't really processed that or accepted it. And a lot of that has to do with everything we've discussed, the distortions that are in the different religious systems, the different spiritual systems of feeling triggered when you hear certain words, ancestors, Jesus, all of that was built by design to kind of throw you off track, but it was also built by design for you to go through and begin to be the person or one of the people that begins to collect the pieces and find that absolute truth. And once you find the absolute truth, you say, ah, good enough. Uh, case in point, for example, I mastered dream science. I know how to enter the dreams consciously. And then what? There's always this, and then what? Well, that's your gift. How can you use that? to help and heal other people? What can you create to extend this science or this spiritual gnosis to a greater degree to where you have a whole catalog of protocol and procedures that can help other gifted souls that might be gifted in the dream space or might be trying to retrieve fragmented pieces of themselves. And you can do that through the dream space. I always pose the question, and then what? If you're adamant about spiritual science, but you think you're not a healer, why are you adamant about spiritual science? Is, is You can say it's just to heal yourself, but at a point, you'll realize that healing yourself is way more complex, way more integrated than that. Ancestral and lineage work proves that. You think you're healing yourself? The irony is by healing yourself, you're healing your lineage. You're healing the DNA of your mother, your father. You're healing wounds that you didn't even realize were there that are running through you as a pattern and a program. So that continues to be true when you say, I'm not a healer or I'm not for that, but you have this devotion for healing that is dictating and saying you are for this. There's just a certain level of uncertainty of how to approach and move to that next level. So the cop out is either continue to just listen to podcasts, listen to YouTube, sign up for another mentorship, another program. I've met so many spiritually gifted people that have taken numerous different initiation schools, paid their money cycle spiritual work they have all these trainings but they go back to their nine to five because there's this disconnect of continuity of understanding this divine impulse that's moving through you it's moving through you for a reason for a divine purpose and if you can't connect that divine purpose to what you're doing in a day-to-day -day basis there's this level of confusion and kind of discombobulation to where you just hop around from spiritual thing to spiritual thing never really settling in on honing your own true skills. The same way described the, the mastery of a, a doctor. We know there's not just one doctor, right? There's different doctors for different things, a heart doctor, uh, um, a children's doctor. So these different specialties we overlook when we're in that spiritual awake, waking up mindset of just, I want to wake up. I don't want to come back. I don't want to come back here and to really think, well, what does that mean? If you if you are done with this and you don't want to come back, 
the only way to not come back is to become a true master because a master is not number one fearful of this they're not scared of it because they studied it they spent dedication and time to really understand the dynamic of this reality the dynamic of spiritual science and you can't say i'm done with this by just being dismissive without doing the work and having the dedication so for all the individuals that say i'm done with earth i don't want to come back here being a healer is part of that path because you can call it being a healer but what it really is is as joy said is being a master spiritual scientist it's not just theories anymore you have had numerous clients you have numerous instances where you've seen how witchcraft is a real thing, where you've seen how demonic forces are a real thing, where you see how souls have been manipulated and pulled by dark forces, and you've had to pull and retrieve it. So this idea, this concept of ancestors, this concept of astral travel, this concept of multidimensional realms is not a concept. You're a living vessel of the experience and the stories that you have, the stories you create, the stories you make with your clients, the, the praise that you get from your clients, not to praise you as an individual to a degree, yes, because they acknowledge your skill, but to praise you as a divine vessel of being a true master and a, a symbol of someone who is devoted to exiting and ascending out of this. You ascend out of something by understanding and surrendering to it and understanding the complexities of it. This is a lot of what we talk about in the membership with the Christ impulse from a solar uh, cosmic realm is that idea of opening up the heart. I want to be better. I want to be tough. Realizing you have to surrender and dissolve all falsities, all assumptions, all things that are not taking you to the path where you can really uncover the deeper depth of yourself, the deeper depth of your core self, to realize what you really are, realize where you currently are energetically and physically. We want to project ourselves that we're high spiritual people. We have a high spiritual gnosis, but I'm doing the healing, I'm healing myself. But when life hits us, we go back to our old patterns. When emotional turmoil hits us, we go back to our own patterns. And that is showing where we think we are is not actually where you currently are. And when you begin to step up as a healer, that is blatantly pushed into your face of where you think you are versus where you really are. Being a healer is not often what people perceive it to be as just look at me. I'm, I'm going to heal you. Look how powerful I am. I'm such a good healer. The true healers that I've met that are very adverse and skilled, these are true students. They're always a student, no matter how good they are, they are ready to learn more, ready to study more, ready to explore more, ready to ask questions and get clarity, ready to contest what they think they know. And here's something that throws it all the way off and try to come back and synthesize and see well, what I had, was it correct, was it accurate, and synthesize with someone else and say, okay, this, this is the truth. I thought I knew, but I did it. That's the sign of a true healer, of a true master. I thought I knew, but I didn't. I had to go back and review. I had to go back and have more experiences to where I was going. I realized I was going off what someone else said to me versus my own personal experience. The individuals that are hesitant about the word healer realize they put a spell on that word to where you're hesitant. The greater truth is it's a master spiritual student. You have dedicated your life to spiritual wisdom to understanding, mastering this matrix and knowing how to get out of it and how to tell and teach other people how to do the same thing. You know, one of the things that was a bit like um, an awakening for me when I was going through the initiation of the Christ impulse, the Armanic impulse, which... I guess could also be called the satanic impulse and the luciferian impulse lucifer but which are the different impulses that we are navigating and of course there is a point where they all meet which creates the fourth impulse but that's another story for another time so when i was learning about the difference between the luciferian impulse which a lot unfortunately a lot of the spiritual community is actually in the Luciferian impulse. And the Luciferian impulse is this, the Armanic impulse or the Satanic impulse is um, focusing on taking, siphoning and um, 
it's it's that violent impulse that we see in our world, right? Wherever there's violence. And this is the kind of impulse that most people can see and they're like, mm, you know, killing children is, mm, you know, human trafficking, mm, you know, we get that impulse very easily. But when it comes to the Luciferian impulse, Lucifer, even the show Lucifer, is really about um, service to self. And it's so sealed to the self that you could actually be operating from a Luciferian impulse. And save us to self, it's, Lucifer was all about desires. What do you desire? And if you desire that, Lucifer is like, I have to get it. Like even in the biblical story of Lucifer and his 33 angels, what he was interested in was being a God, right? He wanted to be his own God. And so the Luciferian impasse is that where we are wanting to be our own God, where we are wanting to be in service just to ourselves, to our ego, to our lower impulses, to our desires, to the ideas we have about what we think life is and who we think what is supposed to happen. Right? So this is also another overlay that is unfortunately in the spiritual community. So when I was awakening to this, I realized um, the part of me that is resisting being in service to others is actually Luciferian. It's not the Christ impulse. Because in service to the Christ impulse, the Christ impulse is service to others. It is the sacrificial path. Right? And it's not the sacrificial path of like, I'm just going to matter and allow people to siphon me. No, it's a sacrifice to, for the greater good. And this is sacrificing often your ideologies, your own personal desires, your desire to be comfortable, your desire to be like everyone else, your desire to not to have show up on live streams, your desire not to have to go have that conversation with your family that you are going through your initiation path. That, that is the impulse of the, when we're in the Christ impulse, you transcend that you recognize it for what it is. This is the ways of this world. The ways of this world, they're all about self-preservation. What are the ways in which I can preserve myself from being judged, from being laughed at? And the truth is that um, self-preservation is, is not wisdom. Because when you have wisdom, you understand that you, everyone is you. And that there is the desire to preserve this physical body is short-sighted. What you're interested in preserving is your eternal self, and which is the whole point of Christ and the whole myth, mythology or legend or truth of the Christ from the Bible as it was being taught to us. It was about that service to others, sacrificing the self and the comforts that come um that you would have to let go of to be in service to others. So the question we're asking, essentially, when we are struggling to step into this path of being a healer, one, we are actually failing an initiation. And it's the initiation of mastery, but it's also the initiation to who are you in service to, right? And this is not to say every time we're in service to ourselves, that is Luciferian, oh my God, you are who truly Lucifer, but it's to also see how the very intricate way this world has designed us to be in stasis, to be stuck, and to think we're moving when we're not really moving, right? So when I was going through that initiation, it was like a bit of like, it's what I use every time I'm in fear and I don't want to step into something. I asked myself, Joy, if you don't do it, what are you in service to? If I do not share my spiritual gifts, I if I do not share a space for others to heal, to awaken, to reconnect with the divine, with source God, if I don't do that, what is lost in that sense? What is lost is the many people who could have healed from a gift that I have, the many lineages that will remain stuck in confusion, right? So these are things I have to bring myself into. And that's what this initiation into the healing is. And that is why it's hard because it is actually choosing to die and choosing to move beyond self-preservation to enter a greater impulse. And that is the impulse of service to others, the impulse of sacrificing your lower uh, desires and lower dreams 
those dreams are important, of course, but for some of us, if you are called, your calling will ask you to let go of those things, right? So this is the thing that is also important to contemplate on that, okay, so if I don't step up, what is lost? Who gets to miss what I could have created? Right? I could have created a dream school because I mastered the dream sciences to help people understand that dream language is so all these thousands, if not millions of people who maybe you were meant to impact get to not experience the dream science. And that is how this world has been perpetually stuck. We speak of liberation and world peace and we never receive world peace, not because there are too many forces against us, but because there are too many of us literally clouding, like taking and hiding our gifts hiding our power, hiding not only the power, but also even the, the giants whose hands are ready to lift us up. We're just like, nope, pull back, pull back. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. We're just going to have a simple life, you know? Uh, so some truth to contemplate on. If we don't step up, what, what then? What then is what world will remain? what world will not get to be created because we didn't step up. And obviously this conversation I'm talking about, if it's overwhelming to you, it's just a reflection of um, just how much we have been kind of deliberately pulled into thinking small, such that when someone brings a big concept like this or a big idea, it feels like, oh, that's probably not me. It's not something I need to be engaging with. I've got my own issues in life and valid, but it's to also recognize what in your life is like this big, bad body literally pressing you that you can't even breathe to contemplate what I'm talking about because what I'm talking about is the path of liberation. It's the path of freedom which is the city that this world has been dreaming about for a long time. We've been dreaming of liberation and freedom for a really, really long time. And we receive and we will manifest and create that freedom. The moment each one of us, those who are called, we answer. All right. This has been another episode of Lineage Liberators podcast. I'm Wef Xavier and she is Joy Mohammed. And until next time, Stay encouraged, stay inspired, and stay spiritual. Lineage Liberators Podcast, spiritualizing, evolving, and liberating human DNA, consciousness, and lineages. Lineage Liberation. All right.